If you are a disciple of Jesus here this morning, I want you to stand up, please. Not bad. Not bad. You may sit down. We're going to read from 1 Peter 2, from verse 9. Disciples of Jesus, you all stood up, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to say to them, don't tell them they are a royal priest. I want you to speak about yourself and say, I'm a royal priest. Did you find that easy? No? Some people are saying no. Who found it easy? Come on, who found it difficult? It is, it is. You know, we read the Bible, and we used to have a pastor who, who would say to us, we read the Bible and we thread it through our eyeballs, because it, we read it, but it doesn't hit here. And so we listen to sermons, and we listen to good teaching, but it actually doesn't, you know, strike us in the head or in the heart because we don't think much of, us, of ourselves. And today we're going to be speaking about prophecy. And, you know, if we add prophecy onto your, but I can't do anything, it's like we're putting a big burden on you. And that goes for evangelism. That goes for any of the gifts. When we teach on that, and we don't know who we are. We can't say, I am a royal priest. It's like we, we're adding a burden onto someone. You've got to go out. I feel like a worm. Now I must go and prophesy. Do you see? It's a, it's a massive thing. And sometimes that's why the church walks with a limp. Because we don't really believe what the Bible says. Because our heads think differently. Are you on the same page as me? Yeah? I'm going to go through some verses with you. Did you know that we're already seated in heavenly places? And when you read the Bible, you know these things, but I'm going to say them anyway this morning. Did you know that we are already seated in heavenly places? So though your rear is seated here in King's Norwich... Actually, as God looks, you are already seated high. It's amazing. Can you nod your heads? You know, we're going to be very interactive. And I'm African, and we're kind of loud and interactive. Because I really, Lord, I want to ask that something gets hold here today. That when we walk out, we actually walk out different. We walk out believing that we can do the very things we've come to, to hear about, to hear about today. Otherwise, Lord, what's the point? 
And some people have come from far. And Lord, we want people to go out hearing your voice with a confidence because the world is waiting. Did you know that we are co-heirs with Christ in everything? <laughs> it's going to be a long session. But, but take your time. I want you to think through everything that I'm saying. We are co-heirs with Christ. Did you know that we are adopted into God's family? Yeah? He could have, you know, the Father could have just forgiven us. But he said, I forgive you, but I'll have you in my family. I mean, that's, that's a bit crazy. I forgive you, and I'll have you in my family. And uh, we have two adopted grandsons, and they're from a different culture. Do you know? they mine. I, I growl over them. You touch them. And they have inherited our son-in-law's surname. And one day they will inherit everything that belongs to our son-in-law and daughter. That's incredible. And we have that from Jesus. Confidence comes when we know that we know that we know that we know that we are a delight to God and that we know him. That's where confidence comes. And today it's about confidence in, in hearing God. Today it's about confidence in being able to prophesy. And that's not just standing with a microphone. Because did you know we're a prophetic people? Every single person here and those who aren't here who are born again are prophetic to some degree or other. We are prophetic because we are supernatural. And so our actions and how we live and where we go and what we do and what we say is a witness to people out there and the people to, to people here. It's not all about the microphone. I'll be saying that quite a few times today. It's not all about the microphone. You know, when somebody first told me years ago I was prophetic, um, I said, but I'm too shy to bring words to the microphone. And they said, but look how you live, fighting injustice and so on. I thought, I didn't know that was prophetic. Do you see? So our box is kind of small in what we think prophetic is. Prophetic is how we live as much as what we do on a Sunday. Because if it's just in here on a Sunday, how small is that? And we can't all get a chance to hold a microphone. And yet, um, Paul in Corinthians, he says, you, you can all prophesy. He actually says that you can all prophesy. And so what does that mean if only a few get hold of the mic or bring something on a Sunday? It's about our lifestyle out there as well that speaks volumes to people. The thing we need to come to terms with is the fact that it's not God who has a role in our lives, but we have a role in God's plan. And you find that exciting. We have a role in God's plan. And often we are asking God, Lord, I've made these plans, come and bless me. Instead of, we need to die and say, Lord, what are, what are your plans? I want to fit into your plans. 
And then suddenly the gates open, one can hear what he has to say. In John 10 verse 27, it says, my sheep know my voice. Now you know God doesn't play games. He's a kind God. He's not tame, but he is good. If he says, my sheep know my voice, he means, my sheep know my voice. And people often come to me and say, I don't hear God at all. It's like a block. There's nothing there. But that is not what the Bible says. We should all be able to hear the voice of God, be it in our minds, be it a voice behind us, be it through some other means, but God speaks to every single one of us. If you hadn't heard the voice of God, you wouldn't be born again now. Not so? You've got to have heard the voice of God to actually make a commitment to him. Therefore, that means you are open to him. I got you, didn't I? <laughs> Do you see? I got you. you. You have to have known the voice of God. Because it's the Holy Spirit that draws us. So we must have heard his voice for him to draw us. Therefore, all of us are open to the voice of God. And I want to ask, Father, that this will come and settle on us. Father, will you put your hand on our heads and change our mindsets and do something radical here today so that we actually believe that we can do the stuff? That it's our inheritance. This is our inheritance, to hear your voice. In Amos 1, Amos 3 verse 7 it says, Our father does nothing without first telling the prophets. That's quite, that's quite something. This is God we're talking about. God who spoke and everything came into being. He does nothing without telling his church first. Am I whetting your appetite? He chooses to tell us first before he does anything. If we would just stop and listen and believe what we are hearing, it's amazing. One of my favorite verses, Numbers 23, Numbers 23 verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and Shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and not made good? So if God says, you can all prophesy, what does it mean? Don't you love the Bible? It answers everything. There's nothing that people can come with that hasn't got an answer in the Bible. And so the Bible says God is not a man that he would lie. He's not like us. And he says, you can all prophesy. My sheep hear my voice. My, and my sheep know my voice. What does that say? My sheep hear my voice. He doesn't lie. That means every single one of us have the right to hear his voice. Psalm 84 verse 11. No good thing will he withhold from us. This is our Father who loves us so much. He says, no good thing will I withhold. Who wants to prophesy here today? I want you to put your hands up. Is it a good thing? What did I just read? 
no good thing will he withhold. It's like ABC. Matthew 19, verse 26. All things are possible for those who believe. I want to ask, Father, for a breakthrough of the faith here today. I want to ask for a breakthrough in faith level, Lord. I want to ask, Father, that the old things that didn't work before, that have stopped us and, and have made us stuck, will be broken today, and we will believe what we've read and what we've heard from the Bible. Lord, thank you the Bible is true. Thank you it's our book. It's our inheritance book. And whatever it says is true. And Lord, we want what is in the Bible. Mike Bert says, if he didn't mean it, he shouldn't have said it. Therefore, whatever is in the Bible is ours. I want it. It's mine. Is it yours? You see, that's how I look at the Bible. And that's how I look at God. He loves me to bits. He thinks I'm great. And it's not because I'm South African that I can say those things. <laughs> it's not a cultural thing because even South Africans have to work through this thing of, does he really like me? Because I know my head. I know how I think. I know what the accuser says to me. But I also know God thinks I'm great. And you know what? He thinks you're great. He rejoices over you this morning with singing. Yes, but I. Yes, but look how I shouted. Yes, but I. And he says, well, confess it. And it's finished. And move on. We don't dwell in, look what I did. It's, it's forgiven. We come and confess. He says, if you confess, he will um, clean you. He will forgive and clean you up. Clean me up. I mean... It's a no-brainer, really. But, we, but the, the enemy comes along and says, yeah, but look at you. Yes, but look at you. And what we should say is, yes, look at me, I'm saved. But we get stuck in our own self-pity and so on. I'm going to break self-pity over people here this morning in the name of Jesus. I can't. Everybody else has got something and not me. I want to prophesy and I can't. If that is you in your, in your heart, just say, sorry, Lord, I'll have it. Is that all right? Sorry, Lord, I'll have it. Do you want it? I'll have it. I'll have it. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he had the fullest confidence in the Father who had sent the Holy Spirit to him when he was on earth to do the job that he could ascend and leave the job to 11 blokes who, didn't, who hadn't been God's gift before. Because you had Peter who denied Jesus, and you had Thomas who said, unless I see the holes. And yet, Jesus ascended and left the commission with these 11 blokes. That's quite something. But Jesus had the fullest confidence in the Holy Spirit that the commission given would be fulfilled not by the 11 men, but by the Holy Spirit in them. And so for us, for we who sit here, you know, those 11, they did their job. They've gone. They've gone to be with the Lord. Here we sit, and the commission has come and fallen on us now. We have the very same commission 
that was given to those disciples. And we have the same Holy Spirit living in us to actually do the job. Isn't that comforting? So my whole style is, well, here I am, Lord, I can't do anything. And really, I can't. Can you do anything? We can't do anything. But sometimes we're a bit embarrassed to say that. Because it's like, but I should be able to. I should. But it's a matter of, I can't do anything. But you know who lives inside me? Whoa. I have God living inside me. I'm anointed. Are you anointed? If you're anointed, put your hand up. Your theology is rather good, eh? <laughs> because as soon as you're born again, you're anointed. And so we're anointed. And, and, and we're full of the Holy Spirit to actually do the job. You still all right? Everybody all right? We've been bought with a price. You know, we're not our own. Jesus died. And when he died, he bought us. His blood has paid for everything. His blood bought us. And um, we don't belong to ourselves now. We, you know, we, we and I'm going to say this carefully, we don't have rights. You know what I mean by that. We do have rights in ourselves. But we don't have rights. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm just going to... Because we belong to Jesus, and he now leads us, and we look to him, Lord, what do I do now? What do I do next? Where must I go? Lord, give me words to say. Let me hear your voice. We belong to him. And often we are trying so hard to do something or be something or whatever, or to do the gifting, that we miss out, that actually we must just stop and say, I can't. Now, will you take over, Lord? I want to ask that also for people here today, Father, please. Will you come and break the whole thing of works? I've got to get this right. I've got to do the gifts. I've got to, I've got to, over people in the name of Jesus. Is it okay if I say that over, pray that over people? Yeah? The Bible says that before time, God prepared good works in advance for us to do. Now, if he prepared it, then surely we've each got something. There's nobody here that hasn't got some role to play. Surely he would have gifted us for it. Surely he would have equipped us fully for what he has for us to do. Would you think? Is he a good father? And if he doesn't equip us for the works he's prepared, he wouldn't be a good father, would he? So for the work he's prepared for you, do you think that you're fully equipped? If you're fully equipped, I want you to stand, please. If you feel fully equipped, I want you to stand. Okay, if you are equipped, I want you to stand. Okay? But now I want you to sit down. If you feel fully equipped, I want you to stand.
You know you should all be standing. Father God, I want to ask for a breakthrough. Make me want to cry. Father, please break through here. Break through, Lord. Because it's not how we feel. It's, it's what you say. It's what you say, Lord. We will never feel fully equipped. I don't feel fully equipped. I still tremble like, ooh, look what I've still got to go and do. But you, we step out and we do it because he says, I want to ask, Father, for a breakthrough here that we will feel fully equipped simply because he lives in us, not because we don't feel we can do it. If we feel we can do it, we are in our comfort zone and there's nothing more for us to learn. And so we've got to be stretched into things that we feel, I can't do that. And he says, now, I, now you're hearing me. Because then we rely on the Holy Spirit. Because if I have to wait for the feelings, I'm waiting for me to feel okay. Do you see? But if I really believe that he's in me to do the job, I will, I will feel fully equipped. If I have to rely on myself, I certainly do not feel fully equipped. Not, at, not in the least, I just want to run. But he says that he's given us everything for life and godliness. He equips us for the jobs he's given us. Therefore, he lives in us to do the job. Therefore, I feel fully equipped for whatever he gives me to do. Does that make sense? It's a mindset thing. Because we believe that we've got to do something or we've got to even do more courses or more whatever to be equipped. We will never be fully equipped in ourselves. Do you see? Never. You'll wait forever. You can go to courses till they... Running off your fingers, you will never be fully equipped in yourself. It's all about him. And so I've done many courses, prophetic evangelism. That I put it all aside to be equipped by him because he lives in me to do the jobs. Who feels fully equipped? Does it make a bit better sense now? It's about him. It's about him. It's not about, it's not about us. You may sit down. You see, we can teach on the prophetic, but you will go out in a week's time, will have backtracked. Because one goes by one's feelings. You can't go by your feelings. We feel fully equipped only, I'm standing here, feeling fully equipped, but in my mind I'm saying, Lord Jesus, you better help me. Do you see? It's about him. It's all about him living in me, not about me and how, how good I am at anything. As everybody got, now it's very important. To me, that's one of the most important things, because we do not put our minds on ourselves, but on him who lives inside us. Okay, what about Bible knowledge to be fully equipped? 
If you are having a regular quiet time, reading this wonderful book, and it's not legalistic to read it, by the way, or read it every day, um, do you know the Holy Spirit will remind you in situations, the verses will suddenly come. Because people ask me, where's this and that and that? I know it's on the right-hand side or the left-hand side. <laughs> yes, you change my Bible. I think, no, hold on. Is this the Word of God? Because it's different. Do you see? But I do know it's in the Bible because the Holy Spirit brings it to mind. Do you see? He equips us. If we wait to be fully equipped in Scripture, we are again going to wait forever. Yeah? He takes the things that we know and the things we we've read and he brings them to life at the right time. Does it help you? Otherwise, we wait and wait and wait and we get nowhere. Is everybody happy with that? Yeah? You ready to prophesy? <laughs> Jesus said that he who believes will have, will have everything that he receives from him, from Jesus, escape out of him. Streams of living water will flow from within him. Streams of living water just flows out of us simply because Jesus lives in us and we are forgiven. We are his sons and daughters of the living God. He, he just loves us so much. We call him Father, Abba, Abba. And he delights to give good gifts to his kids. He's given us a toolbox of gifts. People have come to me and said they've got no gifts then I have to take them to the Bible because the Bible says everyone has, has a gift. Everyone. But we have an enemy that says, but you, no way. Everybody else, but not you. And we believe the lie. And so today, I'm passionate about getting people to believe who they are in God. I'm so passionate about it. Because when we believe who we are, when we believe this book, we can do anything. So I worked in the townships in Cape Town um, for 20 years. And when I first went in and I had people come to me, and I had no team, no nothing, and people would stand before me hungry, no jobs, sick, and so on. And it was just me. And it was in the bad apartheid time. And it was scary. And... When you've got a team with you, you can kind of depend on the team. When you're alone, all you've got is God. And I had to learn how to rely on God and how to trust what he says here. And I just said, Lord, you've put me here. What are you going to do? And I watched him at work, how he did things. I watched him heal the sick. I watched him provide jobs and food supernaturally for people. I watched him. I couldn't do it. Does that make sense? And that is why I'm so passionate. Because I think in the West, things are more readily available. And so the dependence on God isn't the, isn't the same because it weighs out. And it's for us to actually stop and say, now hold on. I want everything that God's got for me. I want my inheritance. Mike is going to speak on the inheritance. 
Hearing God's voice is our inheritance. Being able to be a prophetic people is our inheritance. Yes? Is this a serious talk? <laughs> They're nodding yes. But I want to be serious because it's a serious matter. It's a very serious matter. Because the church is the prophetic voice in the nation. We are the salt and light. We are the healers of the nation. And if we ourselves are wondering, can we do this? Then we are actually leaving a nation uncared for. And I'm passionate about nations and this nation. And for me, we are the lions that stand between the world and the enemy. You know the lion of Judah? We stand between the world, and the world is behind us, and the enemy, and we say, you will not pass. Does that make sense? You will not pass. Because Jesus said, we are the salt and the light. And therefore the world, we, we if I say it very nicely, we owe it to the world to be able to protect them. Is this a shock? Does it make sense? We are the people who stand like this between the world and the enemy. We're the church. And so we've got to understand who we are in God to be able to be the protection. Any questions? You can ask questions. Yes. Yes. But, well, we're going to speak on the gift of prophecy. There is the gift of prophecy, but we can all prophesy. It's not the same as having the gift of prophecy. And we can all speak in tongues, it says in Corinthians. We can all speak in tongues, and we can all, sp all prophesy but there is the gift of prophecy. Yeah. Father God, I want to ask for a breakthrough here. I want to ask for a breakthrough. Will you come? Whoa. And will you break strongholds in minds? I want to ask, Father, for a real breakthrough so that as the next speaker and the next one and the next one comes, it, it is... They can speak into hearts and minds that have had a breakthrough in who we are in, in you, Lord. Father, thank you that we can stand up and we can say we are born again. But, Lord, we want our inheritance. We want, our inher we want people to be saved, Lord. We want revival. We want this nation pumping for Jesus. And, Father, if we don't know even who we are and what we're able to do, Father please will you come? I wonder if we can stand. Holy Spirit, come. Whoa, Holy Spirit, come. If you want a breakthrough, I want you to lift your hands up, please. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come and brood, Lord. 
Father, we want revival. We want breakthrough, Lord. We don't want to rely on feelings. We want to rely on what you say in the Bible. Father, we want to be a prophetic people doing prophetic actions and then also have prophetic gifting. I want to ask, Father, and I just break the hold of any lies of the enemy over us in the name of Jesus. Father, will you come and set us free? Really come and set us free. I want you to turn to the person next to you and I want you to pray freedom. If they, is it okay if I do this? You all right? Freedom. Freedom on people, please. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Mm. I break the hold of any strongholds over hearts and minds here in the name of Jesus. Father, we want, we, we want to walk out different, Lord. We need freedom here, Lord. We don't want just another conference, another, another bit of knowledge put on us. We want to walk out of here free inside, Lord. Knowing who we are in you, come Holy Spirit. Okay, you may sit down. I'm going to tell you a little story about being prophetic, how we are all prophetic and what I mean by it. In one of the churches that we belong, were part of, um, a number of years ago, um, there was a couple, and they lived next to a lovely Muslim family, and um, they, they've lived next to this family for about 24 years, and they greeted and chatted over the fence and so on. Um, the Christian family was a normal family. When the kids did something wrong, they went outside and they shouted, and so on, they wouldn't have called themselves the, you know, all very good and clean and fresh kind of, they just lived a normal life. The young man next door was 19, and, and I think it was last year, knock on the door on a Sunday morning, and he said, I want to get to know Jesus, can I go with you to church this morning? They were blown away, like, what happened there? So they took him to church. The guy who was preaching that day just happened to be the evangelist on the team. Normally, he called people forward. That day and only that day, he said, if you want to know Jesus a bit better, will you put your hand up? Now, if it was come forward, that guy wouldn't have come forward, but he sneaked his hand up. And that day, he became a follower of Jesus. They had done nothing. They didn't give the gospel to the family. The guy just came to the door. 
two weeks later, he got baptized. And his mother came to see. And she got born again. And when they asked the family, what happened? You know what they said? We've watched you all these years. And you deal differently with your kids to what we do. You live differently. Your whole style is different. Everything about you is different. And the longing in our hearts to be different like you made us realize that Jesus is the way. Does it make sense? That's what I mean by being prophetic. There are people watching us. We can, we can say lots of words, but living in a road, people watch the Christians, and it's our actions, it's our prophetic lifestyle that actually makes the difference. Does that make sense now? It's how we live is prophetic. We are a, a prophetic people in the nation, showing a different lifestyle, a different way of doing things. We the, we're from the upside-down kingdom. And so everything we do is different. We don't belong here. Are you with me? Father God, come. Now I'm going to go to the conversion of Paul or Saul. And that's Acts 9 from verse 10. Now Saul was, was struck blind on the road to Damascus. And um, now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, I want you to say vision. Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. Now, you know, the funny thing about Ananias is that he was just an ordinary bloke. You don't hear his name again after this incident. Now, we would like to beat a church like Acts, wouldn't we? In Acts, it must have been so commonplace for the Lord to visit, for people to be aware of the Lord and for him to come and visit that when Ananias, an ordinary guy, was, um, was just be hanging about, the Lord came and said, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. How did he know it was the Lord? There's my challenge, you see. That's my challenge to me. How did he know it was the Lord? And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man uh, of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. Do you know Ananias got heard from God in detail? That's amazing. It blows my mind, the detail that was given. And he took it as a given. This is just what, he was, he was a Christian. This just happens because he's a Christian. When we are just walking in a house or having a quiet time, do we expect God to come and visit it's here. It's our inheritance. Am I blowing your minds? <laughs> I'm not going to apologize. It's in the Bible. <laughs> I just want to stir a bit. I want to stir for more. Because otherwise we come here and we get information we walk out. There's more. I want this. I want this. And so Ananias says to God, but he's the one who's killing all the Christians. 
And then God speaks to Ananias and says, yeah, but you go and lay hands on him and he will see. I'm going to use him for the nations, but you will, you will see how he suffers for my name. And so Ananias goes, he's, he must have been so scared. Imagine being sent to the one who's killing the Christians. But he went. It's obedience, you see. And he went and laid hands on. If Ananias hadn't heard God, if he hadn't recognized, if he hadn't been obedient, we wouldn't know about Paul now. But he was the one who actually did the hard work with Saul and got him to see. Isn't it amazing? To me, that's our inheritance, is hearing from God like that. It is details. When I was in the townships, they were very dangerous. And I would say, Lord, where do I go? Where do I go? And God would speak to me and say, go down the road, turn left. There's a pink shack. Stop there. I've prepared them. And I took it for granted because I expected him to do that because it was my inheritance. Then we get Peter and Cornelius. Uh, At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. Now, he was a devout man who feared God with his household and gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. And about the ninth hour, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and and the angel said, Cornelius, wouldn't you love to hear your name? It's, It's our right. Do you believe me? It's our right. So it's here. And, he's, and he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? How did they know that God had come to visit? Because it was, it's just what happened in Acts. And surely, Acts has never gone away. We are in that time now. And the Lord said, Your prayers and your arms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa. And then he gave him, the Lord gave a detailed account. Go to Simon, who's called Peter, and he's in Joppa, and he's in this street. And Simon the Tanner, he's living at his house. Details. And so uh, Cornelius, now Cornelius was a Gentile. You didn't visit Jews. But Cornelius sent men to, to Joppa to go and find Peter. In the meantime, Peter's up on the roof and, uh, you know, goes into a trance or a heavenly picture kind of thing. And, um, and God speaks to him with that, you know, the unclean stuff coming down because God prepared him for the Gentiles coming. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. All the detail. And then God said to him, there's men coming to speak to you. So the men get to the, to the door and they ask him for Peter, and he comes down the stairs and he says, it's me you're looking for, because he knew God had spoken to him in detail. And Father, I want to ask for us, if you're up for this, I want to ask that we will hear you in detail, Lord. I want to ask, Father, that something will break over us where we're satisfied with the little bits, the crumbs, and we will hear you. We'll be so open to hear you, because we're your kids, Lord. We're your children, And we have an inheritance. I want you to stand, please.
And Father God, I want to ask for a move of your spirit here now. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and fill us, Lord. Whoa, come and fill us to overflowing. Father, we are a people who can't do anything. But with you, all things are possible. But with me, nothing's possible. But with you, all things are possible. And I want to ask, Father, for such a breakthrough in us. I wonder if you will just call on God for a breakthrough. We need him so much. We need revival in this nation. We need to be revived ourselves. Speak in tongues. Speak in English, whatever language you speak. Let's call on God. Can we have a bit of loudness, please? Father, we just need you so badly, Lord. Will you come for, for all of us, for your people, Lord? Will you give us an understanding of all our inheritance and what you have for us, Lord? And that it's not only about the gifts, it's about who we are. We are the gifts. We are the gifts to the nation. And out of us flows all that you've given us as normal life, Lord. I want to ask, Father, that you break over us looking for gifts, but just being who you've made us to be, and the Holy Spirit flows through us and does signs and wonders. I want to ask, Father, will you come? Now this, you might have found this a very difficult message. I've done this one sort of differently, but before... And it's, it's been a bit easier. And so there's something going on here today. Um, there's warfare going on. Yeah? I wonder if we can call on the name of Jesus. I wonder if you can shout his name. Whoa! Shout his name loud. Jesus! Jesus! You're the one, Lord. Jesus, it's your blood. It's your blood, Lord. It's your blood. It's your blood that has set us free. Jesus, Jesus, we are your people, your inheritance. We are seated in heavenly places. We are adopted as your sons and daughters. We've got everything already for life and godliness. You've given us all the gifts for any job that you're giving us to do. Lord, we will hear your voice because your sheep do. Lord, we are available. It's not about how we feel. It's about how, what you say, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, here's the risky bit. If in this difficult message, you might have got angry with me, or her theology is a bit funny, uh, or whatever, if you up for a, a good moving on in God, if you really want to hear God, if you want to move in the prophetic, if you want your inheritance, if you want everything that God has got for you today, I want you to come forward. Whoa. Holy Spirit, come. Oh. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and fill us, Lord. Whoa. Come and fill us to overflowing, Lord. To overf Whoa. overflowing. 
Why don't you just lift your hands up to him? Lift your hands. Holy Spirit, come. See your people, Lord. See your people. Whoa. Holy Spirit, come and fill us to overflowing so that we can receive everything that is our inheritance today, Lord. Father, I want to ask that nothing gets withheld from us today. Lord, that you'll give us clear thinking. Lord, if there's anything that I said that was rubbish, Lord, wipe it away. But Lord, what was of you, will you let it just stay deeply in us so that we can be the people to make a difference, Lord? Those people who the world is waiting for, the church. Father, thank you for the church. Lord, we love even the word, the church. We are the church. Wow. The church triumphant. Come, Lord Jesus. Now, I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to pray a blessing on that person and great protection on them today. Don't prophesy or bring words or anything like that, but just a blessing and protection because we are in a war zone here today. Whoa.